Welcome to Origin Gate's daily podcast called Wisdom's Echo. I'm Samantha Mahoney. I'm currently doing a series called Generational Inheritance. We do part three today and we start off in Genesis 2. Genesis 2, there's something happened, something, there's been a shift from Genesis 1 to Genesis 2. I'm going to call Genesis 1 first creation and Genesis 2 second creation. Yes, you heard me correctly. There are two creations. In fact, there are even more than that, but we'll just stick with two for now. And I'm going to show you some things in the word that I hope will provoke that thinking um, for you to meditate on. Go prayerfully before Yahweh and ask him to expand on these things that you're hearing today. Thus, the heavens and the earth were completed in their vast array. Did you notice the pattern there? Heavens first and the earth. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work. You see, here's this word work again that he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Now, notice that Adam has everything as well in the garden. We're going to come to it, but he has everything, yet God sets him to work. He has to tend the ground. So I'm just backing up what I said previously about us working. Then God blessed the seventh day and he made it holy because on it he rested from the work of creating that he had done. Notice the scripture now, verse 4 in Genesis 2. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created. Did you notice the pattern? We've got heavens and then earth again. When the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Did you notice the reversal of those words? I'll read it one more time. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Something happened here. There was a resetting of the heavens and the earth because something took place between Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 that we don't fully understand, but we will in a few minutes. So when you read the Torah, it says that there was strife. There was strife and you will notice that on day two is the only day that God did not say and he saw that it was good. Something happened there. There was strife and God did not see that day as being a good day. What happened? I believe that is when Lucifer fell. The word says that he was one of the covering cherubim. You can read that in Ezekiel 28. He was one of the covering cherubim of the throne. Whatever revelation Yahweh would release out of himself, Lucifer and another covering cherub were the first ones to receive it and they would release all of that revelation to the rest of creation. The word says in Ezekiel 28 that pride entered Lucifer's heart and he wanted to be like the Most High. In one of the scriptures in Ezekiel 28, it says, and he wanted to be seated above the stars, which is us. He saw, he got a revelation of what yours and my function is as sons of Yahweh. And he wanted to rule over us. And Yahweh was, I'm sorry, buddy. Nope, not going to happen. And he kicked him out of heaven. So there was corruption in heaven. Heaven was corrupted? Yes, absolutely, because the word says in Hebrews 9.23 that Jesus cleansed the heavenly temple with his blood. So there was that corruption. So because of that fall where Lucifer takes a third of the angels with him, there has to be a cleansing. There has to be a resetting. And so now we hear some interesting stuff. 
Now no shrub, I'm reading from verse 5, Genesis 2. Now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet sprung up. For the Lord had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. Hold on. What? We just read in Genesis 1 that God said, Let there be seed-bearing plants and trees on the, and on the land, and bear fruit with seed in it according to their kind, and it was so. We also read a little bit later about let the water teem with living creatures, let the birds fly, and it was so. We also just read, let us make man in our image, and it was so. He even gives them the mandate to be fruitful and multiply, and it was so. So, hold on, what are we talking about here? There's no shrub and there's no man to work the ground. There was. We just read it. Something had shifted. There had been a resetting of the heavens and the earth. They were, this is the second creation that we are talking about. Listen to the, um, the creation story now. In Genesis, God said, let there be, and it was so. But now in Genesis 2, we have a different way of creating. We have verse 7, which says, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground. He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Totally different way of creation. It was God said, and now he's formed them from the dust of the earth. So when we go formed him from the dust of the earth, remember at this time, they had, man had not sinned, and, so, and, and the earth had been reset. So that dust that he was made of was not the dirty sand that you see outside. It was something else. If you have a look at our blood, our blood, and you know what, go on to Google and type in interesting facts about blood. And this is where I got this information from. And it came up that we have a percentage of gold in our blood. Huh, very interesting. So the dust that man was formed out of was not the dirty dust that we see on the earth today because the, the earth had not been corrupted by man's sin. Because when remember when man sinned, it says, I will curse the earth because of you. So the, the earth was not cursed yet, okay? There had been that resetting and the recreation, but it was not in corruption here. He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Now, this is so interesting. So much in here, right here. He breathed into his nostrils. He took his essence, the whole of who he was, and he breathed it into man, into his nostrils. When you have a look at Hebraic understanding, they say that the, the nose is the only um, sense that was not defiled in the fall. Why do we say that? Well, because when the serpent came to Eve and he said... Did God really say? So her, her hearing was defiled. It says, then she saw that the fruit was good, so the eye gateways were defiled. And so she took it, so her touch gateway was defiled, and she ate it. So her mouth gateway was defiled. The nostrils have not been defiled in the fall of man. Very interesting. Why? God chose the nostrils to breathe himself, the fullness of who he is, into Adam. Adam, when he breathed out, Yahweh saw his fullness and the expression of who he was looking at him. So interesting. He became a living being. Then I'm going to carry on. Verse um, 8, it says, Now the Lord God planted the garden in the east in Eden, and there he put man that he had formed. And the Lord God made all 
made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye, good for food. Um, and when we talk about, I'm going to jump to verse 13. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden to work it and to take care of it. Do you see what I'm talking about? How we are created to produce stuff. And then we go on to hear about the command that the Lord gave. You may eat from any tree, um, but not the knowledge of good and evil. Okay. I want to read this next part to you. Um, now the Lord God had formed out of the ground. See, last time he spoke it. Now he formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called the living creature, that was its name. As I said in the beginning, we were created just like God. We were supposed to be co-creators with him. That is why we have breath to frame things, to speak certain things into existence. Here we have Adam, who is our model or our precedent, doing just that. Yahweh brings the animals to Adam to see what he would name them. Remember, both male and female are in Adam right now. And they have the um, job the task of creating. So when God brought the animals to Adam, he did not bring them in their form. All that Adam saw was their essence, their core, um, what, you know, that spark that was in them. As he spoke and he framed the word, its body and its function um, came into order. This is, this is from Hebraic understanding again. This is what we do. We need to start practicing. We've forgotten who we are. We've forgotten what our first estate looks like and how our function was in that first estate. So God first brings the all of these animals to Adam so that he can see there's not a correct helpmate for him in all the animals and all the essences that were brought to him. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then he closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from his rib that he had taken out of the man and he brought it to the man. Okay, I'm going to stop there. And I just want to expand on that a little bit. We have this picture in our Sunday school books when we were growing up about Adam falling asleep under a nice big tree and Yahweh doing a little bit of surgery, just pulling out one rib and suddenly poof, here's a, here's a lady, here's, a, here's his helpmeet, here's um, his, this woman. But when you look at it from the Hebraic understanding, when he put him into that sleep, he separated just like he did the light and the darkness, just like he did the waters above from the waters below. He separates out of Adam this female, the, the counter to him, the other side of him, pulls him out, pulls her out of him. And now when we see um, the reference to man and woman, it is Ish and Isha. Man is Ish and woman is Isha. So he made woman or Isha from the rib he had taken out of the man and he brought it to the man. And the man said, this is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called. Now, remember, here he is. He's just framed her up. She shall be called woman Isha, for she was taken out of man. This is so fascinating. I love this. And that is why a man leaves his father and his mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. In that act of intimacy, they again reconnect like Adam being one 
one body as they were before they were separated. Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. Why did they feel no shame at being naked? Because they didn't know they were naked. How did they not know? Because when God created him, um, Adam, out of that dust of the ground, he was a spirit being. He was not a human being right then. And his spirit overshadowed his body. His body was on the inside, which is why he never knew he was naked. He never saw it because his spirit was overshadowing his body. Well, that's all we have time for today, folks. Um, I hope that you enjoyed that session and I'm looking forward to connecting with you next week.